um, it's a myth that uh, child support is strictly is solely targeting men. I used to work in the child support financial division. I was the court clerk that went to court to um, report against people in arrears. In Jackson County, at the time that I was there, I don't know about now, there are more white women paying child support to men than there are black men or Latino men paying it to mothers. Uh, child support is put into place for accountability for some people because they won't do it, right? And sometimes when you get it, those that demographic of people that won't do it typically doesn't have it. So what the mother is getting isn't even worth the paper or the father isn't even worth the paper that is being printed on. I, I have processed checks for $6, $13, $39. That's not doing anything, right? Um, it's doing something, but not enough, right? And here we go. Listening to the Kings Can Move On podcast with your hosts Jason Stewart and Frank Rainey. What up, everybody? Welcome to the Kings Can Move On podcast. You have Frank Rainey, the Great, aka Frank the Tank, aka Big Reno, aka my kid's daddy. What's happening? I lost count that time, but anyway, yeah, I got some doings. A little Jay, aka Wood, I believe that too this time. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Kings Can Move On. Yeah. Before I get started. If you're following this, if you're watching this, I need to subscribe and like. And YouTube. comment. That'll help too. Yeah, and then rate and follow us on all your major platforms. With that said, what's up, my dude? We have a guest, right? We got a very special guest in the house today. We have Mrs. Joy Howard on, this, on the show with us today. Miss Joy, how you doing? I'm good. Make sure you make that a miss, not a missus. Oh, Miss Joy Howard. Miss... Miss, Miss, she said, "No, make sure, make sure that that people understand that it there's no there's no Mister Howard." So that she's single. Are you single? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll work on that after the show. Um, but anyway, Miss Joy, thank you for uh, thank you for being on today. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So we had you. I mean, we, I invited you on because uh i you know I, I throw some crazy stuff out there on facebook i it, it tickles the hell out of me but some of it i also want want to spark some stuff and i and i brought something up that, and that we'll talk about a little bit later but um i just want to know about you first of all so can you tell us a little bit about yourself you at quint Kansas city born and raised I am Kansas City, born and raised, graduated from Southwest High School, class of 91. Southwest? Um, <laughs> I'm number seven of nine children, um, three sisters and five brothers. Um, some of them adopted, but they're all my brothers and sisters. Um, there's five of us biologically. I got two kids. Uh, they're 27 and 25. My oldest is my son. Youngest is my daughter. No grandbabies, and I'm an HR professional for a major bank. Okay. All right, cool. How long you been with your company? You've been with them for quite some time or new venture? It'll be nine nine years, August the 26th. Oh, wow. Nice. Yep. <laughs> well, well, congratulations for staying in corporate America. I hope it's treating you extremely well. It is very lucrative. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Disclaimer, he hates corporate America. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I am well aware. I mean, they're okay sometimes, you know, but, you know, 
I'm I want to be corporate America. I don't want to work for corporate America. I want to be corporate America. So that's my change. That part. Yes. Let me know when you do that. I'll be your HR manager. Ooh, we. Yes. I'm I'm with it. I'm with it. So cool. Well, it sounds like trouble. Trouble. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So tell us about your upbringing. You said you mentioned nine of y'all. That's a lot of people in a house. Yeah, so we weren't all there at the same time. My parents got married at 16 and 17. Mm. Um, they had, I'm the only one that's lived with everybody. So I'm technically number three of biological children. But when I was three months old, my aunt abandoned her four children okay. and um, moved to West Cameroon, Africa and left them here with their father who never came to get them. So my, my father brought them home to stay with us. It was his oldest sister. So I don't know them anything other than as my siblings, because I was three months old. Right. Mm -hmm. I think I was probably 13 or 14 when I found out they weren't my siblings. And then my little brother and sister, same parents. Everybody thinks my parents got remarried, but they were married 15 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, My sister's 10 years younger than me and my brother's nine years younger than me. So I'm I'm right in the middle of everybody. You said 50 years. They've been married. 55, zero. They were married 50 years until my dad passed away in 2012. Okay. Okay. 50 years. Wow. Yes. Goodness gracious. Yep. So, so growing up in that kind of household with two parents that was married forever, (laughs) uh, what kind of effect did that have on you when you got older and you seeking your mate? Were you looking to have that same kind of uh, relationship or, or what? I thought that's what I would have. I was 19 when I got married. Really? And uh, I stayed, yep, I stayed married until I was 39. So for 20 years, mm-hmm. um, it, had, it it impacted my self-esteem a little bit uh, when I got divorced because I felt like everybody, you know, was let down. But I quickly got over that because I'm happier now. Mm-hmm. Um, my father passing away really was my inspiration. I wasn't happy. And when he died, I decided that I didn't want to be even happy for the rest of my life. Uh, life is too short. So I asked for a divorce. Really? So did you did you stay married? Um, you said you didn't want to let people down. Was it primarily for the children or was it for outside um, individuals that you thought? you? A little bit of both. So I was raised in the church. My mom's a Sunday school superintendent. My dad was a deacon. Um my kids, especially my son, he doesn't like change at all. And then um, we had, we know, everybody thought we were like the Cosby's, big pretty house, Raymore, one son, one daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, neither one of us had any outside children. We both had really good jobs. He's an architectural engineer. At the time, I was working for Hallmark Corporate Office. Um, graduated, got three degrees. He had a trade and a portion of a degree. So I just, you know, the church kind of guilty me into it. You know, they tell you, pray about it, go in your closet, do everything you can to be a good wife. But you can't be a good wife if somebody wants to be with other people's wives. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so you weren't you, into the swinging lifestyle. Is that what you're trying to say? No. <laughs> no. So, so, so let me ask you this. Let, let me ask this real quick, because one thing that I, I hear that you say in church and church and, and you know, one thing uh, I, I looked at something that I remembered from growing up in church, but said that Solomon had 
400 wide, 700 wide, and 300 concubine. Concu- I mean, so, right. and and we're supposed to be, if, if you if you are the quote unquote Bible thumper, and I'm not saying mm-hmm. you, but just in general, um, what would be wrong or what's wrong now with a, a man having so many women and, and, and vice versa, to be honest with you? So I've since changed my perspective. You know, when you're on the other side of the fence, you tend to take the opportunity to look at things from a different viewpoint, right? Mm-hmm. So if he had, I think when you're going to do something like that, right? Because traditionally it's one man and one woman, right? That's the way we're raised most of the time, regardless of your religion, unless you happen to be somebody of a more diversified religion. Mm-hmm. But in the United States, typically that's what we're taught. I think that if we had made that agreement, I may not have been ready for it in 1994, but in 2022, I would prefer to have a discussion and let me choose as long as everybody is staying safe. Right. Um, there, there have to be some stipulations, but I think I'm more open to that now. At 19, no, it wasn't a trend then. When people did it, it was a phenom- phenomenon, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody was talking about it. Mm-hmm. There's always been people with multiple wives, multiple you know, partners. However, now uh, polyamorous relationships and um, are, are more prevalent than monogamy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, may, I may think about it now. I'm not closed off to it completely. Um, it keeps everybody from lying. Um, it keeps everybody healthy and safe. And as long as you create boundaries, I don't have any problem with it. I just have never tried it. Yeah. I think we got one more generation to go through before uh, before it be totally open and, and accepted. Just yeah. go to Utah, dog. It's free and free and clear in Utah if you want to go up there. <laughs> no, I'm good. Man, I'm telling you, one woman is 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 enough for me to to not have to worry about doing the doing I gotta do everything for that woman. And if I gotta do everything for two, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm tired. I'm 48. It depends years on old. how you look at it. Sometimes it's a partnership, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes each woman, because you can be in love with more than one person. Yeah. Sometimes one person provides something for you and the other person provides another thing. And if y'all are all open about it and talk about it, I think my problem, I have to be honest, uh, I'm territorial. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't want to have multiple sex partners. Mm-hmm. That's you just share. Okay. Yeah, that's not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some people mistake that all of the relationships are sexual. Some of them are not about that. Yeah, a person true. can have multiple people and don't sleep with a couple of them. They only sleep with one. It just depends on how you set it up. Yeah. So, Joy, have you remarried? No. Nope. <laughs> ever been close? Um, um, no. Really? Wow. I had a three-year relationship, a two-year relationship, but not, you know, they were some, some time in between each one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think either one of them were marriage material. I think I was recreating dysfunction. And so I moved away from that and decided to be single and figure out who I was without being my kid's mom or my parents' daughter or Mm -hmm. his wife. I'm enjoying being who I am right now, just getting to know myself. Well, what are you doing wrong? Because, you know, you you do. What are you doing wrong in these relationships? What are you messing up in? (laughs) Well, I can be honest about that. Now, I'm a woman that's probably going to tell the truth about that. Uh, Most women want to say it's nothing wrong with me. Um, I was insecure because I was with a cheater. So I was always looking for evidence. Aha, I got you. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I had some self-esteem issues. Uh, my weight had gone up and down. I've worn, I've been everything from a size three to an 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in the middle of that now, right? So every time he looked at somebody else or they would look at someone else, I, you know, it's a whole argument. Um, I was creating the dysfunction that I was used to, yeah. kind of pulling them into it. Um, using my past relationship as a gauge. If we not argue, if these things are not happening, then we must not be good together. Yeah. You know, so um, I, I helped to make those not work. That's that's good. I, you know, I think that we are all about broken. Um, I would tell somebody in a heartbeat, yeah, I'm fucked up. I'm fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I can, if you can match me and, and we can help each other grow, then hey, let's, let's work on <laughs> See, I got some help. I'm not there. I'm not broken anymore. That's good. I got therapy. So That's good. I'm, I'm better now. So I'm just waiting for the right person now. Mm-hmm. We're, we're big on this. But I'm not, active, I'm not actively looking. Bro. You're enjoying you and, and attracting that person to you. That's good. That's right. Mm-hmm. So you said you got divorced how many years ago? 2014. 14 years ago? So. No, 20, 2014. 2014, 2014, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. And your kids are all grown now. So mm-hmm. um, after you divorced and was raising your, so, so, so I ain't got to do math. How old were your kids when you divorced? <laughs> um, legally divorced. When we separated, they were 15 and 17. Okay. When we divorced legally, they were 17 and 19. Okay. So. When you divorced and your kids were teenagers, what kind of impact did it have on the kids? And did you recognize the impact at the time or was it later on that you realized it had an impact? So oddly enough, uh, my son was extremely upset, right? Even though he had seen me be physically abused, verbally abused, um, he was extremely mad. He thought that if I would just, he just wanted his family to stay together. So he thought that that if I would just be quiet and don't say anything, uh, let his dad do whatever he wanted to, that it would work itself out. Mm-hmm. My 15-year-old, my daughter, is the one that gave me what I needed to do it. She um, said to me one day, you know, mommy, you're making up reasons not to come home, which is not like you, right? Um, daddy is half the time not here. I've heard him talking to other women on the phone. Um, I've seen him in your Mercedes with another woman and he didn't see me. She was like, you know, you're not happy and you would be a better mommy if y'all weren't married and he would be a better daddy. And so I won't be upset if you get a divorce. Mm. That that gave me my permission. Um, She's the more logical and mature one out of my two children. And it made me want to, uh, it made me want to show her that you don't have to stay just because people think you should. Yeah. Um, you should choose yourself first. And my son didn't realize it then, but uh, I wanted to show him, you know, maybe I'll have another healthy relationship where he can see a man actually love me properly. And I wanted my son to see me be, uh, my daughter to see me be respected. When we broke up, it was an adjustment for everybody. Um, I lived in my car for six weeks. My children lived with family members. Um, I lost all my money. He cleaned out the checking account. I went to jail for 10 days for bad checks because I wrote all the checks for the bills and he cleaned out the checking account. Um, My kids were stressed. They were sad. They felt torn between the two parents. 
but I was very uh, adamant. Now, for the first six months, y'all, I was angry. I said a lot of things in front of them that I shouldn't. Mm -hmm. But after that, I sat them down and we had conversations and uh, we adjusted in a couple of years. My son ended up going to jail. He was acting out because of what happened. So he was in and out of jail for three years. Um, He spent his 21st birthday in jail. So it, it, it had a negative impact initially, but I think they see the benefits now. I think we're both better people, Good. not together. Good. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and like us on YouTube and rate and follow us on your favorite podcast platform. That, that you're, and, and I, I, I won't for, I, I'm, I won't say name, but we, we, Jason and I know him. We went to college with him. Um, did okay. you meet? Did you go to Lincoln as well? Nope. I went to CMSU, what is now UCM in Warrensburg. Uh-huh. So when he left LU, I met him at the, in Westport the night my sister got married in front of the Harris House. Wow, brother Harris yeah. House. Wow, that's a that's a that's a, uh, a blast. Listen, blast. I was in there. I was in there with a fake ID. I was uh, 18. I came out. I saw him. It was like the world stopped moving. Mm-hmm. He saw me. Um, and we walked up to each other at the same time. Wow. And I was like, hey, what's your name? My name is Joy. He was like, my name is blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you're going to be my husband. And he said, you're going to be my wife. Oh, well. And from that point on, we were together. <laughs> it was written. It was it was written in the world. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. Oh dang! Wow. So, um, so it sounded like it wasn't a good breakup, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> but over the time that you've been, you know, divorced and you're raising your children, how was the relationship between you and your ex? Did it get better? Were you able to co-parent together well, or how did that go? You know? Um. You know, because y'all know him, I'm just going to be candid. Forget it. I'm grown. If you don't like it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he, it's non-existent. We're not able to talk. I don't think that he thought that I would ever leave him. So every time we do speak, he uh, it goes back. Like, even though we've been broken up really technically since 2011, we stayed in the house for a year together. Um, every time we talk, it goes back to that time period. It's like he can't let it go. Um, Even when he talks to my children, my name comes up. I don't talk about him at all to my kids. Um, We were not able to co-parent. It's almost as if my daughter only has one parent, just me. It's been um, six or seven months since she last spoke to her father. Um, I'm financially responsible for everything, even though she's 25 now. She still needs help and she's going to get married. So I'm planning to pay for the wedding by myself. He has two other kids by two different women after me. Both are under the age of eight, I believe, eight or nine. Uh, another boy and another girl. He's a parent to the little boy, not to the little girl. So, um, you know, I feel like I'm in it by myself. He does communicate with my son, but that's because my son um, allows him to control him and tell him what to think and what to do. My daughter is more like me, outspoken. You can't be disrespectful. You know, she's not going to ever disrespect her dad, but she's an adult now. So she's going to speak up Mm -hmm. when she feels like something's not right. So if she does that, even though I encourage her not to, um, it's my fault. 
he thinks I influence her to do those things. And I don't. She just has her own mind. That's the way that I raised her. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it's non-existent. I haven't spoken to him in all years. Um, prior to that, it was maybe once or twice a year. Joy, jo, your, your, um, so your phone is freezing up. Your internet is freezing up a little bit. Okay. Can you see me now? Yeah, yeah. You're better now? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and to kind of respond to what you were just saying, it's 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 always sad when two people can't move on and get past the hurt or issues they have with each other, and it impacts you know their children. Um, I think we either all know people that have that happen. We may even have it happen to us, to us ourselves. Um, but it does have an impact on our children. And that's like, we kind of lose sight of that. We get caught up in ourselves and our own mess that you don't realize, you know, what it's doing to your next generation and how it may even have an impact on how they have relationships, you know? Oh, it it definitely has impacted my kids. Neither one of them want children right now because they want to make sure they're okay before they bring somebody else into the situation. I know my son is extremely fearful of being a father. Wow. That's, that's, yeah. So with that being said, though, were, were y'all young? Did y'all immediately start a family or did y'all wait a year or two? I was pregnant the first three years we were married. Okay. I got pregnant with Brandon on my honeymoon and then I had a miscarriage and then I had Kayla. Okay. And they're only two years and three months apart. So that lets you know how quickly those happens. He wanted five children. I did not. I believe that's what started the demise of our marriage because I got my tubes tied. I didn't need his permission. He was upset about that. But think where I would be if I had all five of those kids. I would be raising them by myself. So I feel like that was my intuition. You know, I kind of knew that it wasn't going to last. How old were you? He started cheating how old were you when you when you had that procedure? Twenty-three. Really? See, and, and I didn't think I had I had a vasectomy, but it, it was I would think I was 35 or something. I think my daughter was no, it was older than that because my daughter was two. And I thought that they I thought the the qualifications or something, whatever, it you had to be had to have three kids or in your 30s or something. I don't know, but I didn't realize you can get your oh, two ties early. I had I got mine tied the year that the law changed, mm-hmm. um, but I had already had been pregnant four times and I was 23. Okay. So because I had another pregnancy prior to marriage, mm-hmm. uh, I had an abortion um, and I speak openly about that to young girls. Um, it was from my high school boyfriend. And um, so when she, you know, when they looked at my medical records and I had four pregnancies and one was a miscarriage uh, that was very, you know, traumatic for me. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, I didn't need his permission. So when she said you're pregnant, this is your due date. I set my um tubal ligation up for six weeks from her due date. Wow. I even had to get my I even had to have my ex-wife uh when we were married when I was getting the procedure. They she they the doctor's office made her come in and sign off on it. I was like, well, okay. I didn't realize I had to do that for wow. myself. Mine was in 97. We were married. Mm-hmm. But my doctor said I didn't need his permission. It was my body. That's good. 
Mm. And and so, Jay, before you hit on that, I, I want to ask because we just had we just had a Roe versus Wade Roe v. Wade episode. Um, what is your stance on that? It kind of sounds like I know, but I'm just curious over your stances. So again, I was raised in a Christian faith. Um, I don't necessarily agree with abortion, but I think it needs to be a procedure that is not mandated. Uh, religion should not be a basis for political platforms. I think that a woman should have um, the ability to choose for herself because there are a random number of reasons why people may want an abortion. And if you Ill- make it illegal, then you create more fatalities in lower income areas. Um, people are going to find a way to have the procedure done, right? And you create an atmosphere where we're not going to be covering uh, the birth of the child, but we'll be covering medical procedures for people or possibly burying people, right? Um, Because they're not getting it from trained medical professionals with the right medical attention. Um, I think that as long as rape exists, then abortion should be an option. As long as there are birth defects uh, that will take away from the quality of life for your child, there should be an option for an abortion. Um, the example I use, we talked about this in my job last week. The example I use is I have a cousin who was diagnosed with lupus and in her situation, either she takes these meds, right, that helps sustain her life, or if she gets pregnant, she can't take them. So she would die possibly. And to her baby, you know, throughout the pregnancy, I think people should have a choice. And I think that it is a very personal choice and it's a woman's choice. And it's wrong for people who cannot have babies Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be making a decision about uh, a woman's body. Very well said. Yeah. And yeah. And respect on that, too. Um, So. Frank has a video he wants me to share <laughs> um, so that he can, so y'all can have y'all debate. And, and, and I will say that the only thing I agree with everything that you just said, except for it's, it should be a woman's choice. I think it, I think that the one time that, that I, um, my, I don't even, I can't remember if we were married at that time, but my, um, we we had gotten an abortion and it was our choice you know i wouldn't i wouldn't have wanted her to do that without me or make that decision without me so it was a decision that we had now in, in a situation where where everybody going up in the box and you don't know who the baby daddy gonna be you know you, that that's gonna be a woman's choice but if you got one man going up in that box and there's one woman then you know y'all got to talk about what's going to coming out that box. So, if you're married, I think you should. If you're not married, and there's a possibility that he may not, uh, I guess the possibility is there if you're married too. But there's a pos- higher possibility that he may not be around to participate in raising the child or contributing financially. I think at that point it becomes a woman's choice. Now, I'm type of woman, whether we married or not. If there's no medical issues, we don't make the decision together. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Very well put. Well, kind of segue into financial responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Child raising. Let's see if I can share this screen real quick. (laughs) Oh, Frank the Tank. Here we go. (laughs) Here we go. Let me put my seatbelt on. Yeah. So, 
Y'all see my screen with the with the IG videos and right. all that stuff. Okay, so this is come on. Okay. I'll never put my baby father on child support. Well, I'm gone, he's gone, or the baby's gone. We have to communicate because I believe in family. So until one of those things happen, that man needs to be your friend. And you can't build a friendship when you get the courts involved to put him on child support to make these small ass payments because you're low key living off the payments. Child support to be spiteful and to, you know, try to help maintain their life. I'm not built for that. Okay. I would rather just work a little bit harder and deal with the headache of having to work a little bit harder or go a little bit harder than to put my baby daddy on child support. I'm not doing it. I'm not putting my baby. I'll never. So. That is of course from Instagram. And Frank posted that on Instagram, and I didn't point it out, but you had a couple of comments. <laughs> oh, yes, I did. Oh, yeah, Miss Joy was and, just Miss Joy was not happy with with her. So first, listen. All, let me let me let Frank kind of <laughs> speak to that how he feels about child support. You know, in relationship with no, I would, I would rather hear Joy's Joy's opinion on it. Oh, he wants to. He wants to come back at you, so okay. I would rather retort. Mm. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's fine. I'm all for a healthy debate. Okay. First of all, she contradicted herself. She said that the payments were small, mm-hmm. but you're low-key living off of them. How can you do both? Second of all, um, why should she have to take on the burden or him? Because let's be honest, this could go both ways. The father could be the custodial parent. Why should the custodial parent have to work harder if you both did put in the same amount of work to make the baby? Um, I think that children are entitled to the same quality of life that they would have if the parents were together. And so why should one person, whether it be the mother or the father, um, have to put that burden? And I don't consider my kids a burden at all, but I'm just saying it is a burden to raise because they're expensive. Yes, it is. Um, why should they take that on by themselves? So basically, you're taking the accountability away from the parent. Now, I do feel that there's a way you can work around it to do it in an amicable way. I would prefer not to take it to the courts if you can be consistent with your financial uh, contribution. And let me also say, I never received child support. I was entitled to $987 a month in child support and $1,300 in alimony. And I declined both of them at a time when I was living in my car. Mm. So I didn't want the headache of arguing with my kid's father. Um, So essentially I did what she is suggesting, but I can tell you it made my life harder and it took away some value from my daughter's life who was left in the home. So that is why I think it's ridiculous. Um, Both parents need to work together. His contribution or her contribution may not be the same, but ju- to avoid an argument, I'm going to work 12, 13 hours a day while y- you take them to the park. Like that just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. And and I will, I'll ask you, so when you say that you were entitled to that amount, uh, to, to those amounts, when you declined it, did he help in any way? Did he start? Did he? With that being said, did he start chipping in in any way? Did he? Did he pay for? Hey, you know what? I know you're paying lights, gas, water at your house. Um, if they're in sports, I'll pay for that, or I'll pay for their clothes. I'll pay for their their school clothing. Anything? No. The response that I that I received was, "If it helps you, I'm not doing it." 
And when my kids would ask him, can we get a ride to practice? Can you take us to school? I have prom coming up. What's your mama paying? I'm not helping. Um, I thought that was crazy. Like who tells their kids they're not doing something because it's going to help the other parent? I got $100 from him when I found my own home to move in. I was $100 short of the deposit. Uh, $1,500 of it came from my job, a grant for displaced employees. So I was technically homeless. I asked him, could I borrow $100 on Monday? He knew that I got paid on Friday. At Friday at 8 o'clock, he called me and said, I'm coming to get my money at 8 a.m. Wow. So y'all were beefing for real. Yeah, y'all would have had those and McCoys up in that mug, weren't you? Yeah, this war of the roses. He was, like, uh... he, he was beating with beefing with himself. Um, yeah. I did what I had to do, like I always do when I hunker down. I work 12 hours a day um, until I got my, my first promotion. I work 12 hours a day, five days a week, six hours on Saturdays, every day, nine to nine, 10 to four on Saturdays to make the ends meet, to take care of my daughter by myself. And see, so I've I've always said that child support is necessary for situations as such. Mm-hmm. When the when the non-custodial parent is not doing anything, they're not mm-hmm. helping at all raise their child financially. I believe that yes, they may they may need to be forced to participate. Um with you, you said you could have got it, but you declined. So why didn't why did you decline it? When we were standing at so I, I sat on the list for a year to do an uncontested divorce and get legal aid assistance. Um, unless there was domestic violence or something like that involved, you had to be on a waiting list. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was an eight-hour class. When we stood in front of the judge, she asked me, uh, Mrs. So-and-so at the time, three times, are you sure you want to decline? His response was, if she gets this money, I want an itemized statement of what she spends in on every month. The judge laughed and was like, that is not how this works. <laughs> she don't have to tell you anything. Um, if the form 14 dictates that this is what she gets, then you need to mind your business. Mm-hmm. So his response was, she would have lights, gas, water, car payment, all of those things, whether she had kids by me or not. Why do I have to help her pay for that? At that point, I realized, you know what? If I do take this money, this man is going to make my life a living hell. If -hmm. he doesn't question me, he's going to question my kids. So you know what? Even though I disagree with that video, I took her approach. I I just, I don't even want to fight with you. Go about your business. I'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. And so I just declined it. And and I kind of look at, we didn't need the government to be laying down. We need need to ask government to lay down and, and have children. So why do we need the government to get in, get get involved? Because what I truly believe and what I know, what I know is the, these this has been put in place. I'm not going to call it a law, but this has been put in place. The system has been put in place for uh, and have labeled all men, black, white, Latina, Asian, whatever, um, into one box saying, hey, here's what we're going to do, whether you're taking care of your child or not. We're going to make you pay what we think you should pay, and those are those, that's the challenge. That's the challenge and issue that I have with the child support system. Um, in your situation, it sounded like it sounds like now. I, I, I always know, and I haven't talked. I haven't talked to old boys since since we left school back in. Mm-hmm. I left school in ninety two, 
So I hadn't talked to him or, or when I when we saw when I saw you at church and like that you don't remember. Uh, <laughs> but but um I feel like if someone is not taking care of their kids, that's what child support is for. That's that's what it's for. And and if somebody has to get involved, it's almost like if I don't pay ATT, I've been I've had my bill for two months and I ain't paid them. And ATT is like, look. You have this agreement with me saying that you're going to pay me a certain amount of money. And if you don't pay that, then I can go, go to the court and, and come after you for that. And if I keep on. Let me offer that, you. A, hmm? Let me offer you a different perspective, though. So um, it's a myth that uh, child support is strictly is solely targeting men. I used to work in the child support financial division. I was the court clerk that went to court to um, report against people in arrears. In Jackson County, at the time that I was there, I don't know about now, there are more white women paying child support to men than there are black men or Latino men paying it to mothers. Wow. Uh, child support is put into place for accountability for some people because they won't do it, right? And sometimes when you get it, those that demographic of people that won't do it typically doesn't have it. So what the mother is getting isn't even worth the paper or the father isn't even worth the paper that is being printed on. I, I have processed checks for $6, $13, $39. That's not doing anything, right? Um, it's doing something, but not enough, right? Um, and then also consistency. So I would I, I would have been fine working it out outside of the courts, if I could rely on you every month on the 15th or the 1st or whatever date we choose to give me this amount of money, um, with whether the man or the woman has the kids, it is impossible to plan your budget if somebody is randomly giving you money every six weeks or four weeks or three weeks or whatever, right? You can't count on that money. You need consistency for kids mm-hmm. um, because when you are the custodial, custodial parent, the kid's need doesn't go away until you got it on the 18th or you may show up on the 23rd or the 22nd. And that parent that has the kid, they have to answer for that every day. Like you can't go on this field trip. I don't have enough money. I had to pay the lights. and again. So it's for consistency more than anything. And I, I wish everybody would move away from the narrative that it is for men. That's what the form 14 worksheet is for. It looks at the both parties' incomes. And it dictates what percentage they they should be able to afford to contribute to this child to get 100 percent of what they would get if they lived with both of the parents at the same time. So if there was consistency, there wouldn't be a need for child support. And I know I'm not going to be favored for saying this, but if people would stop having babies by random people, (laughs) there would not be a necessity for child support. Wow. You you hear that fella? Stop shooting up the box. (laughs) Stop shooting up the box and and then expect. Not just the fella. Girls, stop opening your box. Not just stop opening your box to everybody. Use protection. Maybe we can get rid of the uh, epidemic for HIV and AIDS and now chlamydia and Chlamydia making a comeback. Can y'all believe that foolishness mm-hmm. and gonorrhea? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and now we got HPV and all this uncurable other things. So, I think that's the bigger issue in our community. I don't know about other people's communities, you know, in our ethnic community. Stop having kids, stop laying up with just everybody, and you won't have to go through that. My mom just, so, well, man, my mom was just watching an episode earlier, like before we got on the podcast, and it's, it's monkeypox is passed sexually. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> And this is why I live alone and keep my box to myself. <laughs> if if I can segue off the box for a moment. <laughs> no, 
Yeah. I mean, just for a moment. You know, just, a, just a little bit. Just for a minute. I'll get back to it in a minute. But uh, if you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and like us on YouTube and rate and follow us on your favorite podcast platform. So we we know that child support is managed by the states, right? Mm-hmm. Each state has different rules on how they manage it. You mentioned a Form 14. I'm not familiar with it. I'm not in Missouri anymore. So I'm guessing that's a Missouri thing. And you it said is. something about the form does what now? So it it uh, details their income and their expenses, right? If, if, if either one of them is married to someone else, it doesn't take their um, income into account any longer uh, because that person didn't make the baby, right? So it takes into account the income of each parent. And then there is a percentage value, a formula. Like this person is responsible based on their income for 60% and this one 40 or 30, 70. Mm-hmm. Um, just like you will be if you were contributing to a joint account and you're married. That's how you will be. Most people handle their finances. See, I can almost get with that. See, in Texas, it's totally different. In mm-hmm. Texas, they look at solely the non-custodial parents' income. They don't factor oh. in the custodial parents' victim at all. So as a oh. custodial parent, you could remarry. You can strike it rich. It doesn't matter. They look at the non-custodial parents' income, and based on what you make, they take a percentage out of it. And it can go up as the years go. It can increase as your income increases. So to me, Texas has been screwing me for years <laughs> because I've been single since <clears throat> my divorce. Um, my ex has since moved on to remarried. You know, as far as I know, they're doing well. You know, but I pay my child support because I don't. I have to. But mm-hmm. whenever I go in there for these reviews. My same question is, how come you're only looking at my stuff and not hers? Like, well, per our state, we don't have to. And it's just, it's, to me, it's just, it's not fair. It's just, and I hate to use that word, we know life ain't fair. But it, that, that just, that shit ain't yeah. fair. It just ain't. You no, know. that's a huge disparity. I think that, and, and I am aware that it's different for different states. In Missouri, you can get it amended if your income decreases, right? Um, but I have heard accounts from men that the amendment is never in their favor, right? Um, I think that you'll find that in larger states with more demographics of um, Hispanic and Black men, probably. Um, I've heard about that on the East Coast, especially in places like uh, the Bronx, um, Brooklyn, you know, where there's more minorities. I do know that it's true. I think that it's important that we do be fair. And I know I hate that word, too, because life ain't fair. However, it, it's it's imperative that we be impartial because the kid is the one that's losing. Right. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there should be some men to gather together because you all seem to be the most impacted, even though I know that sometimes it's a little it can vary depending on county and state. Right. The demographics and uh, the statistics. But I think that men should band together and fight against that. I think we do. We have a lot of these talks and these are good, right, to bring awareness. But I think that people need to take more action. We do live in America. The little bit of liberty that we do have, we should exercise it. 
And I don't think you guys should take that sit laying down. I just wouldn't. Yeah. I no, agree. No, I, I, I agree with you. It does require some action. Mm-hmm. Um, you can talk about people in the face, but yeah, nothing's going to change if you don't fight and try to force the hand of those who are in control. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it starts with your elected officials, not the president. So, people need to go out and vote in the non primary elections and make sure they're voting for people that support their views. And you won't know that unless you get out and meet them or study their agenda. Um, there's enough men, I'm sure, in the White House representing you all that are in the same predicament as somebody's to listen to you. Um, I think that we need to move from the discussion and sometimes complaining stage. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, agree. I agree. So you said that you were in the in the child support system. I mean, not system, but um, office. You worked for them. So okay. asking for a friend here. I have a scenario here. So you have someone who who has been who had been paying child support, um, and then. Uh, their one of their children came to live with them, but that person was still paying child support for a year, two years, whatever. What would you recommend? Because at that point, if you're still paying child support to the custodial parent, that child that that support is, shouldn't be going to that person because all it's being doing is being spent on that person, not on that not on a child. What would you recommend that they do? So that's not a blanket answer because sometimes there's a situation where you're still entitled to pay because there's arrears. So it depends on when the child support was filed and if you're up to date when the child comes to live with you. If you're up to date and the child comes to live with you, then you definitely need to reach out to your caseworker and um, have the child support stopped. And I've assisted with those before, um, but most often child support doesn't get filed right away because let's be honest, somebody gets mad because y'all ain't together no more. So now I found child support and I'm out, I'm going out of way back to this date. And even if they come live with you, I went back three years. So if I get child support for five, but you still owe three and they come live with you, you still got to pay me that three. So it's it, it depends on how up to date your case is. That, that was that was and be honest, I'm always 100 percent transparent. That's what happened to me in 2013 and 14. I was paying child support and my my middle son came to live with me for she actually kicked him out. He came to live with me for a year. Um, and I was still paying her child support. When I went to the county clerk's office, they said I needed a, I needed to an attorney to file paperwork. An attorney told me three thousand dollars. I'm like, well, how can I pay you three thousand dollars? I'm paying child support and I'm taking care of my son. Um, and and that's something that I still would like to get. Explain to you if it was arrears. Could they explain to you if it was arrears or not? So Could they explain to you if it was arrears? I was I was actually paying my current child support as well as the arrears that I had back then. And so they were taking out a portion for the child support and taking out the huge portion for the child support and taking out a a small portion for the arrears. And which I would have been like, and even to this day, I would have been like, you know what? That's cool. Credit it towards the arrears. Don't make me pay child support for a child that I'm keeping, that a child is with me. Take that, take that amount. You could get an attorney. But that's the thing. $3,000 for an attorney. You can get your you can get an attorney and get your money back or you can do research and um, figure it out on your own. I happen to have a couple of sorority sisters that are uh, uh, family court attorneys. 
that would take your case on pro bono. So you and I can talk offline. Mm -hmm. I've connected a couple of people with two or three of them. Uh, two of them own their own law firm. So if you want to fight for that, I know one for sure that may take Okay. I would love to. And I would actually love, we, we've been wanting to get an attorney. We've been doing this since February, February, March, January, mm -hmm. whenever we started. And we've been trying to get attorneys and police officers and they just like clam up when we ask them. We would love for them to I'm be on the I'm podcast. The cop. I'm, I'm over the police officers. Like, yeah. they, they can kick rocks. But I would still like to <laughs> get a family law attorney on the show. I wanted to get an attorney okay. to break some shit down for us. You know, you've mm -hmm. you done a good job breaking some shit down um, today, but I would still love to get an attorney, an expert in the field, right, to actually come on here and just break some shit down for us and for the listeners. Yeah. And like I'll said, ask her. Get something, but they've been ducking and dodging, you know. I'll ask her. I don't want to say her name in case she doesn't accept. Susan, get on there. Get on here. Joy done already told us. Susan? <laughs> no, I don't know her. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Nobody named Susan. No, I will. I'll ask her. I will definitely reach out to her and get her in contact with you guys. Yeah. She's and let her know it, it ain't. You know, you've 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 experienced Frank. It's, mm -hmm. it's not going to be bad. It's not going to be. It's not. It might be a little adversarial, but it's not going to be. Oh no, no. For attorneys, I'm going to be honest with you. For attorneys and police officers, it's going to be totally different. It, it is. It won't be this. This unless you're going to help me. <laughs> you know, and then, I, then we'll be nice. But if uh, you're gonna do it, yeah, unless, unless you're gonna do it. Um, but yeah, well, I'll I'm, say I'm not. I think they slime ball. I can't speak for him, but okay, um, they'll be balanced. They'll be balanced. Yeah, 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 yeah. It won't be two pit bulls on here. <laughs> but yeah, no. But I appreciate you coming on and giving your perspective yeah. Thank on. You. Child support, and uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be with you, with you two fighting, <laughs> debating. I just when I when I seen your comment, I, I texted Wood, and I was like, "Dog, we got to have her on, got to have her on." And and I, I said, "I'm gonna light her ass up too," but I didn't have to light you up because you know you 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 explain very eloquently, and I understand no. it. I'm enlightened. It it triggered me. It it triggered me though, you know, but. I'm pretty reasonable. Uh, I see both sides, and I have, I'm a person that's supposed to get child support, and I have brothers that paid it, you know, and, and friends. Mm -hmm. And I see it from both ways. I do think there's a huge disparity in the uh, Black community and Hispanic community about how it's administered, mm -hmm. the help that you can get, the resources they make available to you when you go to court, and even the overload of cases in certain uh, counties with lower incomes mm -hmm. uh, stops you from even talking to your caseworker. And it's the truth mm -hmm. that it is. That is exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah, agree. That's the truth, Ruth. But uh, yeah, we wanted to, we we do want to get different perspectives. We don't want to be two guys on here just spouting off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> going in all the damn time we do want to get some women and some other perspectives so we do appreciate you coming on and, and giving your perspective absolutely um thank you for having me i'm look i'm open for other topics yeah, we may have oh, to bring you on our panel stand by okay you stand yeah. by okay. <laughs> you might be a return guest right right okay <laughs> but uh Big Frank you wanna you want to say anything before yeah. you finish up yeah and 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 again Joy, thanks for coming on. Um, if you guys are are listening to the podcast on our on our streams, um, 
you can also check her out on YouTube. This girl is beautiful. So absolutely amazing, gorgeous. And, and we thank you. Thank you. And wish you wish you to come back. And one of the things that I'll say that it's all about, you know, when when we first started this, uh, we all both Jay and I said that, hey, we're we're not right all the time. And, and it's all about enlightenment. And she came on and, and enlightened me on a couple of things. And that's all. That's that's really what life is about. You don't stay stuck in one opinion. Do not stay stuck in one opinion because when you stay stuck in one opinion, you end up like a Republican or a Democrat that's in office that that think that everything is there just needs to be their way and that's it. I don't think that. I always I always look at life as, hey, let me let me see what somebody else is thinking. Let me put my put myself in their shoes to see what they're thinking. I'm not saying that I do it all the time, but I try to do that a lot. So I can understand that. And then that's why we wanted to have Joy on so I can understand her point of view. Um, not saying that I still agree with the government because I just don't like the government, but I do understand what what it, it takes to take care of a child and what it takes to make sure that everyone's on, its plane, on the same playing field. So um, stay enlightened, everyone, men, women, uh, boys, girls, everyone, stay enlightened. Don't, don't never close your mind. Always keep it open to, to understand everyone's point of view, and that's how we can be a better place. Be in a better place. Namaste. Namaste, my better. <laughs> and I said that without 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 my having my sage here. I'm in my mama's house, so I ain't bring my sage. I didn't bring my crystals. I ain't bring none of that. I'll, I'll ring my bell for you. Thank you, 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 thank you. Thank you, Joy, Miss yes. Howard, yes. Miss. Yeah, Miss, Miss, Miss. Don't, Ms. don't get it twisted. And stay on, stay Ms. on before we after we after we finish real quick. Okay. okay. That. Big Frank. Wood. We out, y'all. Can't move on. If you enjoyed that episode. Don't forget to subscribe and like us on our YouTube channel and rate and follow us on your favorite podcast platform.